Welcome to New Mercies, a podcast by Mercy Ships, where we'll take you behind the scenes and onboard our incredible hospital ships that are transforming lives all over the world. We invite you to join us each week as we sit down with our crew, patients, volunteers, and partners to hear their stories of life-changing hope and healing. Today on New Mercies, Nurse Sarah Loving is joining us to share her impactful moments from volunteering with Mercy Ships. Here is my interview with Sarah Loving. Sarah, welcome to New Mercies. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. Sarah, where are you coming to us from? Currently, I am in the Outer Banks, but I am living in Raleigh. I'm in nurse practitioner school at UNC. And I'm working at Duke at their COVID clinic. And I also teach the bachelor's nursing students their skills. Oh, my goodness. You are a busy lady. (laughs) Just a little. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we really appreciate you taking the time to share your stories with us today about your time with Mercy Ships. And as we start, why don't you tell us back when you first joined Mercy Ships, what was going on in your life that caused you to want to go volunteer? And why specifically did you choose Mercy Ships? I grew up in the Bible Belt and became a believer as a child, but I hadn't really experienced the gospel and what it truly meant to be a follower of Christ until my mid-20s. So 2014 was a painful year of my life, but the Lord used it to produce a lot of growth. So um, my life was really flipped upside down and I placed my identity in temporary satisfiers. So when that fell apart, I was left shattered. Mm. But the Lord revealed so much in my pain and suffering that I otherwise may have never learned. So he really made beauty from ashes and restored a grueling circumstance. And his cross is proof of that, right? So after several years, he, he really healed and transformed my heart and used, used my suffering for good. So after rebuilding my identity and truth and who, in who he says I am, I prayed for purpose for him to take me where, where he would lead and call. And I learned he can be so much more productive with my desires than I could ever choose for myself. So I left my journey to the creator because he knows Mm. best. So I went on a short-term trip to Kenya with my church, and I came back with a heart fueled with passion for seeking justice and advocating for those that can't Mm. and sharing his love and grace that he has for them. And so my heart broke for those desperate for medical attention who had run out of options And so I declined initial acceptance to nurse practitioner school and waited for the Lord to move. So I put my yes on the table and I watched him orchestrate what he had for me. Were you already a nurse at the time? I was. I had been a nurse for five years. So I met with my church's mission department and we talked through several different organizations. And they mentioned another nurse that goes to my church had gone on mercy ships and I hadn't heard of it. So I met with her uh, for coffee and heard more about the ship and her experience. And I looked into Mercy Ships and their vision and mission aligned with what I was looking for. And then after hearing about that, I randomly saw their 60 minutes on TV or like infomercials and thought, man, I just keep hearing about Mercy Ships. 
And after redirections and affirmations, I committed to serve in Cameroon. Oh, wow. So that was your first field service. Yes, Cameroon in 2017. You know, I think it's so amazing that you share out of a a dark time in your life, a hard time, that God did something amazing in you and helping you find your true identity and who he says that you are, who he's made you to be. And after that healing took place in your life, after that newness was birthed within you, you couldn't help then but want to go and serve and make that known. Mm. And I just think that's such a special thing for us all to remember that God redeems our pain and our suffering. He brings about healing, but then he also brings about this desire then to go and offer healing and restoration to others as well, whether that's your neighbor next door or, you know, going halfway across the world to Africa. But when you've been touched by God and transformed, you can't help but want to go then and and give and bless others. Right. Tell us a little bit about your first field service. What was that like? Uh, first went to Douala, Cameroon and worked on B Ward, which we called Best Ward, uh, <laughs> with plastics and ortho, which I had no background in. So I was a little bit nervous about that. So I arrived and a bit of culture shock. So jet lag, new continent, new roommates, different languages, new workflow, created quite a learning curve on the unit. But with with time and experience that I felt settled in. One funny thing I remember was paper charting. So <laughs> if a if a patient had had like facial reconstruction surgery, they wanted us on D ward to draw a picture of oh, the patient's no. face with the wound and <laughs> my gift is not art and so um <laughs> some of my drawings were quite comical and interesting in the chart oh my so gosh. <laughs> so despite all the different languages one thing that i appreciated were relationships weren't prevented from forming just because we may not have been able to speak verbally and it was incredible how much love and care you can show without speaking words. And most patients and families, a lot more smiles and laughs were exchanged uh, more than words. That is so cool. One other thing on my on the first field service that I appreciated was having the time to spend with the patients and their families, which looked quite different from the culture of nursing in America. Mm. So where where you're maybe lucky to get a bathroom break or a lunch, I feel like you're always overwhelmingly busy. And so it was really sweet to have the time to run around with the kids or paint nails, color, make bracelets. That was that was a beautiful experience to have. I bet there's some really fun bonding moments that happen when you get to actually play with your patients and engage with them in ways that you probably don't get to in the United States. Yes, for sure. That's awesome. Your experience in Cameroon must have been a good one because you chose to come back again. So what impacted you on that first field service that caused you to say, yeah, I'm going to come back? Most Americans assume that you would struggle more with adapting to African culture from American culture. Hmm. But I had more trouble adapting back to American culture. I found that more of a challenge. 
I really appreciate the way Africans embrace each other as family and are so community oriented. It was so beautiful to experience that. And I think we have a lot to learn in that regard. Sure. And they just, they love each other so well, whether it's food or finances, whatever the need may be. There is definitely a cultural difference between the African continent and North America. And like you're saying, people live in community in Africa. People care about one another deeply. And there's more of this village mentality and family mentality, whereas we're very individualistic over here in the West. So I can imagine, yeah, that that was a a culture shock going back. Maybe you tapped into something that really spoke to your heart when you were in Africa. So is that what then compelled you to go back for another field service to kind of say, I need to be in that environment? So after Cameroon, I came back home and felt the Lord calling me to go a bit deeper. And so I actually on the ship had met someone else who worked for Samaritan's Purse. Mm. And so I worked at a field hospital in the bush of Togo with Samaritan's Purse and then flew from there directly to the ship in Guinea um, to serve again for about two months. Wow. So it sounds like really the African culture grabbed your heart. It did. It's important for me to serve with a ministry that empowers local people and leaves their mark for others to carry on Mm. and not take local jobs, harming the economy. And I felt like Mercy Ships did that so well and left, will leave their footprint in countries even after they're gone. That is awesome. Is there a certain patient that captured your heart that you can tell us about? One of my favorite memories was about baby Paul, who I'm sure um, other Mercy shippers remember and you've maybe heard about before, but baby Paul had a cleft lip and cleft palate, and he was so severely malnourished that we actually had to admit him on the ship before it was open to other patients Hmm. because he needed, he needed pretty emergent care. So he was with us the whole field service actually, and was was slowly rehabbed with a feeding tube to regain some strength for the first procedure and then uh, eventually the second procedure. And just watching his transformation and even the hope that was instilled into his mother as she watched his transformation was just so beautiful. Um, And I just remember one of the last things we did before he was discharged was feed him cake. (laughs) (laughs) and he he could have eaten the whole thing if we had let him oh my gosh and how old was he about when he came on board he was I want to say four to six months okay so he was little so tell us a little bit more about the condition of having cleft lip and palate and how that impacts a child so cleft lip and cleft palate cleft palate is on the roof of the mouth and cleft lip is at the lip. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it can make it very hard to latch to breastfeed to get enough nutrition. And so um, typically we would repair one and then repair the other, but would need to make sure that that you're healthy enough to do well with the, the surgery. So instead of surgically repairing that on Paul, because he was so malnourished, we put in a feeding tube to get him to a better place nutritionally to, to heal well from the procedure. Mm. So 
do you think that his malnourishment was due to his condition? Because a cleft palate, you have a, a hole, right? In the in the roof of the mouth. Yes. It's he like Yeah, he wouldn't be like, able to swallow properly. Yeah. It's like a, a fissure through the top of the through the roof of the mouth. And so it makes it hard to latch and then you're unable to get enough nutrition. Hmm. It's pretty incredible that you got to be with that little baby for so long. Yes. He he became our mascot. It was special. <laughs> and what country was that in? That was in Cameroon. In Cameroon. Did you find differences between the patients in Cameroon and Guinea? Or were the conditions that you saw pretty similar, even from different countries? I think the conditions were quite similar. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in Guinea as long. One thing that I was able to see in Guinea that I didn't experience in Cameroon when we operated on children with eye conditions Hmm. and getting to see a baby with cataracts, having those repaired and seeing his mother for the first time. Uh I mean, I, I could just cry now. It was, (laughs) it was such a beautiful thing for everyone to witness, but watching the smile on his face when we took the eye patches off and seeing that bond was so special. Oh my goodness. I also wanted to share one of my favorite memories about how much the patients hated the nutrition protocol that we had for them. (laughs) Um, So it's called MANA, M-A-N-A, and it's basically a peanut butter paste loaded with vitamins and minerals. So we would have them on that post-op for wound healing, Hmm. and they did not, not enjoy it. Many of them did not enjoy this part of their recovery. And so we worked really hard to encourage them to drink their manna smoothies that we would make four times a day. Oh my goodness. And one day at the Outpatient Hope Center, we had a church service and the preacher shared the story of the Israelites <laughs> complaining about manna <laughs> falling from the sky. And the look on all the patients' faces, like they were wildly confused and also, I think, convicted. I didn't hear much complaining after that, that story. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, the poor patients. They thought, oh no, this is the gift from God. Okay, <laughs> then I better receive it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now, the purpose of the manna that you give the patients, is that just an extra boost of nutrition as their body heals? Or right. is that something they take with them when they go? Um, sometimes we did send them home with packets of manna. So it comes in a little packet or sachet and we would cut it and mix it with milk and have them drink it as smoothies. But I actually remember hearing in Cameroon that organizations will drop pallets of manna Mm -hmm. over places they know that need it. And it can technically just be eaten right out of the packet. Mm -hmm. And so it's good for malnutrition or in Mercy Ship's case, it was great for our patients who had had wounds and that extra nutrition would give them a boost. Oh, cool. That's neat. Well, what are some things that you learned while volunteering on the ship? One thing that I learned is I don't see serving as a sacrifice and certainly we're not heroes or outstanding more outstanding than anyone else. And arguably, I think we're given back more in return than Mm. we could ever provide. And on board, there were so many constant tangible reminders of 
of his presence and his provision. Mm-hmm. And he, he was responsible for our patients healing with little to no complications. And so the gospel of Matthew talks about the little boy that fed the crowd with the fish and loaves of bread. And I learned Jesus asks that you give what you do have and he'll do the rest and perform the miracle. And so I think, I think if we surrender and put our yes on the table and give what we do have that allows Christ to do the rest and others will see him through us. It's a phenomenal thing to learn and a phenomenal thing to see. Is there a time that you saw that play out firsthand on board? I always enjoyed watching the transformation from start to finish. And so especially the children with severe orthopedic deformities or the women who had fistulas after giving birth, watching them walk up the gangway of the ship you know, marginalized outcasts of their villages. They would walk up the gangway with their heads held low, maybe covering or hiding the deformity. But like Dr. Parker says, we restore their seat at the table of humanity. And after their recovery, watching them go back down the gangway with their heads held high, smiles ear to ear, and just gleaming with hope for their future. I mean, I... There's not even one patient. There are just dozens where you, we got to witness that. Yeah. And it was such a tangible thing to watch watch the Lord see them through start to finish. That is incredible. What a gift, right? Yes. Hmm. Sarah, having volunteered for two field services, how was your life different because of that? How were you impacted? So when I first realized I'd be going to Cameroon with Mercy Ships. I think a lot of my friends and family had questions related to how the specifics would work, including finances and quitting your job and moving overseas to work for free. And in fact, paying to work (laughs) seems so countercultural, but it's, it's been beautiful to watch how the Lord has provided for every need. And I think it's been neat to look back and see Philippians 419. You know, when you live according to his will, he will provide for that. Mm. And even now I carry that into my life where there are circumstances that come up where it seems impossible or hopeless. It's a good reminder to look back and see how he's always provided and been faithful. Yeah. Absolutely. Sarah, at the beginning of our time together, you told us that you had put off nurse practitioner school to go on your first mission trip to Kenya, was it? Yes. And now here we are several years later, and you are in nurse practitioner school. So tell us as we wrap up our time together, just what you're currently doing and and what the future holds for you. So I will graduate in May with my family nurse practitioner, and I'm really excited next semester to be at an open door clinic in Raleigh that serves underserved populations um, and many refugees. And I'm also involved with uh, an organization called Neighbor Health that helps refugees establish themselves well in our community. 
and being able to love on them and help them integrate as a fabric of our society has been really special. And so when I graduate in May, I've laid my yes on the table and I'm not sure where that will lead, but I am looking forward to serving internationally with my nurse practitioner. Well, hey, best of luck to you as you wrap up your schooling. And just as you've testified, I'm confident that God is going to provide for you all that you need as you continue to say yes to him in any circumstance. So thank you for encouraging us today. And thanks for sharing with us a little bit of your Mercy Ships journey. Yeah, thank you. Do you feel called to go volunteer? If so, check out opportunities at mercyships.org volunteer. Next week, Thomas Dubork will be here to share his Mercy Ships journey with us as he currently volunteers as the communications director on the Global Mercy. 